sort of podcast. Haunted, uh, haunted picture. Haunted picture palace. That's the theme. Yeah, theme in Podcast. Look forward to more of this, yeah. dear listener, because yeah. Ben is an unstoppable force when it comes to doing impressions of Michael Horden. It's clear to me, actually, that Ben does not care about maintaining any kind of physical relationship with me. <gasps> because the more he does it, the less likely it becomes. Anyway, welcome. Yes. <laughs> As uh, dedicated Horden heads will have already worked out, we're coming. <laughs> We're covering. Welcome to. Oh God! Oh, don't throw you off. Welcome to Haunted Picture Palace, as dedicated haunt, <laughs> dedicated Horden heads will already have worked out. We're covering the 1968 BBC television adaptation of Whistle and I'll Come to You, starring Michael Horden. Uh, <laughs> And a sheet, which is a little Christmas tradition for me. I watch it every year at Christmas. It's on every year at Christmas. I've discovered that it's on. Well, the time you listen to this, it will have been on. Oh! But BBC Four are repeating it on Christmas Day this year. Nice. When are we putting this out? I don't know. All right. <laughs> cool. Sometime over the Christmas period, so it'll still be on the iPlayer. Yeah, um, very nice. And it's also currently on YouTube. But it's an adaptation of the M.R. James short story, A Whistle and I'll Come to You, mm-hmm. which takes its title from the Robert Burns song. Oh, okay. Yeah, they're mm-hmm. feather and mither and all should go mad. I don't know, I, I'm not raised in Scotland. Oh, we don't look at Robbie and I'll Burns come like to you, you do. Lad. Though feather and mither and all should go mad. Oh, whistle and I'll come to you, my lad. Anyway. What was it about? It's about, like, whistling. It's about... It's about bit having a lover that, like, maybe the other people in your family don't really, like, oh, it's from the wrong side of the tracks or whatever. But that's like, your signal. Even though, exactly, even though everybody else is against it, you know, I'll, I'll still, if you whistle, I'll be there. It just took the title. It's not really related. It's disappointing, but okay. Well, yeah. Well. <laughs> <laughs> what is life but a series of disappointments? We've. I will. I feel like I should start this by saying we've both had our booster jab within a day of each other. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It's 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 exactly the right time to record a podcast. It's Christmas in the haunted picture palace cinema that we record in. Yes. Uh, So there's there's tinsel everywhere with bats in it. I've got one day of work to go for the year. You've got. I've finished. You've finished. So who knows what's going to happen here? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Not nearly enough Baileys. (laughs) This time, this time. Okay, so it's from Omnibus. Talk a little bit about that because I've only discovered this through you. Despite it being on every year, I seem to have managed to avoid it somehow. And I've spoken to people, actually countless people, where I've mentioned the name and they're like, oh my God, I love that. And it is a Christmas (laughs) thing for them as well. So... What what's Omnibus all about? Well, unusually, Omnibus was a arts documentary strand, arts documentary program on oh. the BBC. That each I say strand rather than series because they would often be quite different from each other. But they do a program about an artist, a novelist, something in the arts. A cracked actor was there one about David Bowie in the seventies, a sort of mm. profile documentary of him. But usually there'd be uh, non-fiction. Well. So uh, that makes this somewhat unusual yeah. in that it is a, a drama. It's adapted by Jonathan Miller, who was first came to prominence uh, with Beyond the Fringe, the sort of satirical university comedy review with Peter Cook and Dudley Moore. Oh, and, okay. Uh, and Alan Bennett, I think. Um, yeah. uh, and got a job for the BBC and worked for this programme. And he said that he'd read... He was reading some M.R. James stories and he realised that it has to be that had to be his next film. This one was his favourite to do. I think a couple of years earlier or a year prior to this, this is 1968, he'd done an adaptation of Alice in Wonderland as well. Not part of an arts documentary strand, just just in general. So he was... Uh. Which, had, which had been well received. 
Um, and he was sort of a, a bit of a rising star at the time, which is probably how he was able to convince his bosses to let him do it. <laughs> <laughs> I realised, i put this in here now, I'd thought, about it, I'd thought of it as a sort of Christmas ghost story, as mm-hmm. it's repeated this Christmas. I watch it every Christmas. And in the 70s, there was a strand, a series of a yearly event mm-hmm. called A Ghost Story for Christmas, which were more adaptations of M.R. James stories or... Good idea. Um, the Dickens one and a couple of a couple of original things, but uh, this was apparently I discovered today first broadcast in May. It wasn't a Christmas thing at all. It was just that this was a ghost story. So. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> that's interesting. I mean, the tradition of ghost stories at Christmas is quite an interesting one because people assume it started with Victorian times, right? Sure, and it was popular in Victorian. It was times. deep, of course, but then they, it was spooky all year round in Victorian <laughs> yeah. times. We were all taking pictures of our dead kids and stuff. Do you know what I mean? Like posing them yeah, as if they were alive. Yes, <laughs> but it's way beyond that. So it's sort of, I think. Um, Obviously, records are spotty at best, but there's certainly things dating back quite far to people sharing stories of their dead around Yule time, right? Sure. Even the Mary Louise, I think, in or Mary Huid, depending on how you do say that, <laughs> which is the horse-headed clacker clacker creature that the, comes door to door. The Welsh tradition. The Welsh yeah. tradition. In the songs, they'll talk about like the souls that have passed and things. Sure. Like it really is a, and All Souls Day. We're all around at that time of year, like. Absolutely. It makes sense that we would all sit around a campfire and scare the cack out of each other. <laughs> and I really like, I've always really thought, I really associate ghost stories with Christmas weirdly more than Halloween. Or yes, Samhain. I'd go along with that. Yeah, yeah. as in storytelling mm. in that way, because it really feels di- partly Dickensian, because that's obviously the influence that we're mostly coming in with, with literature and film. Mm-hmm. But... Yeah, partly something dead old like Yes, there's something very, very primal about sort of gathering round a fire mm-hmm. at this time of year. And um yes, frightening. Frightening people. Yeah. <laughs> Good frightening fun. friends and family. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah. So we open. Mm-hmm. Well, before we open, do we have a content warning for this? It's blooming scary. It's scary. <laughs> uh, <laughs> if you must know. <laughs> Yeah, it's frightening, and the sound design will frighten you. And yeah, I think you, it is. You would need to be either extremely hard of hearing or extremely like made of steel to Unsuggestible, not be yes. yeah. to not be affected by it in some way. Even if it's not frightening, frightening, it's unsettling. It does something to you. They've kind of uh, they've tapped into something very strange. But apart from that, I wouldn't say so. There's, nobody really talks about anything too dark, apart from maybe the existence of ghosts. And you're on a yeah. podcast called Haunted Picture <laughs> Palace, so you're probably all right with that. Yes, that's that's reasonable. So we open on uh, the director, uh, Jonathan Miller, strolling along a beach. Oh, do we? Uh, talking to camera. Yeah. Uh, where oh. he um, Where he gives a little precy of the life of M.L. James. And some of the themes of the teleplay we're about to watch. Well, <laughs> good though. That makes some of my notes wrong, but good. Who did you think it was? It was all Michael Horton. Ah, it's very confusing. <laughs> um, He's a good actor, but you know, this uh, the, the gentleman opening was uh, some thirty years his junior. Well, he um, describes it really beautifully. Actually, he describes it as a story of solitude and terror, and it has a moral too, which I really like. Yeah, and I think it's that's fair enough. But when you understand that this was going out in a documentary strand, effectively, uh-huh. then this makes sense, right? A little bit of contextualising of what you're about well, to see. Well, who M R James is makes more sense, mm. doesn't it? Yes. Mm. Oh yes, and there's the other thing is that M R James was an academic. Ghost stories were his sort of sideline, mm. although they're what he's remembered for now, but. At the college that he was at, I forget which one it was, but for for years in the early 1900s, he would read ghost stories at Christmas to the yeah. assembled faculty, which is a That's lovely, lovely, a lovely thought, you know, his own, of course, because he wrote some crackers. Yeah. But then we, you know, after this, we do meet, with a, we sort of begin proper, and we do meet Professor Parkin, who is uh, Michael Horton. Here's here's a time you're allowed. I've got stars. Here's a time you're allowed to do the impression. Sort of. To the what? mic. Let them I've, got, I've got to. I've got to work up. Oh, you've got to get so nice and salivary, you horrible old man. To sort of, uh, <laughs> sort of, voice like, um, sort 
can be sort of distracted and and then uh, you were slopping away with your wet egg wet sort of dog a sort of dog, dog. is usually how you get into yes, it accurate uh, introduction uh, giving the material a sort of air of uh, legitimacy air of legitimacy awful absolutely awful um the sound design in this film is the most incredible thing ever. We're just going to skip over that. <laughs> um, I want to sleep in the bed they've made because it, you can hear crisp cotton sheets. Like, that's really Oh, yes, we're incredible. making a bed, don't we? We are, yeah. We're the two women making a bed, which makes the exact sound of the first night of hearing things mm-hmm. for Michael Horden, right? It's exactly the same sound. It's the sound of them making the bed. Yeah. Um, which is quite interesting. Yes. Because it makes me feel like things are happening out of time. You know, I love a time jump. Um, but yeah, it's, it's odd because it's already unsettling. The the expressions on the maids' faces are like, one of them's checking up on the other, but the other one's better at their job, but... Yeah, and we're just thrown into this. We don't know who these people no, are. We never we have know. to. No. Uh, it's just interesting to be that close to them making the bed. It could be to show that the bed is like totally normal. Yeah, it's also, yes, it, it it's linking us to the... The very end of the piece, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, I've said Professor Parkin is down at the seaside. It's quite an austere and forbidding place. It doesn't look particularly... Yeah, I asked if it was friendly. set in Cornwall. Is it set in Cornwall? I don't know. Mm. He's down from Cambridge, uh, is what he said. Mm. It's mentioned there, because this suggests... Could be Essex way. An academic back. you know, is probably down from Cambridge University. Yeah. Filmed like on the around Norfolk somewhere, I believe. Oh, that beach anyway. I can't recall off the top of my head whether the the story on which it is based is any more helpful in giving us a a place mm. or a setting. Ah, it's in the fictional town of Burnstow on a windswept stretch of Suffolk coastline. Suffolk. There we go. Thank you. There you go. Lovely. Okay. He's such a good old man of academia, right? So we get a character assessment of him very quickly from a very small amount of time on on set. Yeah. And I don't know how much of it he adds just the bumbling to himself, but it's very <laughs> effective and I wouldn't want to sit near him. I understand a, a fair amount of this, of the bumbling, is the Horden himself. It was right. not, not that it was improvised as such, but just that he was his direction was... Bumble. Bumble and, and mouth, mouth trumpet. trumpet and yes, exactly. And yeah, when we meet him he sits awkwardly apart from the other dinner guests. We get really these awkward. shots <laughs> that there are because it's very especially the first sort of ten minutes, there's very little dialogue. It's mostly just him sort of wandering around and yeah. going uh, But we do get just on the like in the background on the edge of frame we see like a, a little holiday party. I think one of the yeah. maids chases another one, you They're know. They're laughing, which is unheard of. I think that also shows the price of the hotel actually um, <laughs> yeah, i enough. think if you're in a very upmarket one you don't get that kind no, of behavior yes. this is very two star um <laughs> as befits th- this sort of he's not he's not he's on a jaunt. luxury no yeah. exactly he's on a jaunt and he's i don't think he would care where he was i think he could stay in some kind of weird poor house or a really top class place and would still be bumbling and still be mouth trumpeting and and wouldn't know anyone was yeah there. no he's very sort of self he's He's very distracted by his self somehow, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's lone, well, a hermit. Yes, mm. yes. Yes, he's a very solitary figure, even when in a crowded room, yes. his wife said mm-hmm. about him, yeah. Yeah. So then I really love, who's the... He's taken up to his room by that man that is talking like the Harry Enfield sketch. Oh, yes. Serge Mars bar. Some top class, yeah, because I've said we've got some sort of top class old man mouth noising, and, and, and then we've got some brilliant, like, rhubarbing from the yeah. landlord as well. Bathroom. Bathroom. Yeah. No, 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 that's <laughs> Michael Horton again. You leave it alone. That wasn't a star moment. Sorry. Um, I really. <laughs> I really love the the way that it's filmed in the mirror when he's talking to the man that is bringing him upstairs. Mm. One, he seems like an outright inconvenience for the man that brings him upstairs. <laughs> yes. uh, just by being alive. Two, it's filmed as if the mirror's watching him. Or yeah. something in the mirror, something sitting at the desk watching them have that chat in the mirror. Mm-hmm. 
And three, you can't see the camera. It's a really nice angle. Yeah. For something that's sort of cheap and late 60s, there's so many shots in this that you're like, how? <laughs> and that's actually one of them because it is pretty much face on. I imagine there's either a couple of mirrors or we did some very clever angling. Yeah. Did you notice? I didn't notice, actually. Mm, yeah. It's interesting. It is just a slightly off. It feels wrong to be watching them from that angle. It could just be that the room was too small <laughs> that they were filming in. <laughs> well, it you could know? be, yes, because it does appear to be shot on location, at least in yeah. a large case, which gives you some unusual angles a bit later on with some of the shots of the bathroom. They obviously mm-hmm. couldn't get a camera in because you can see we get a shot where we see yes. the four walls and it's like obviously this is just shoved up in a corner here yeah um i get robert Lindsay vibes from horden sometimes oh, yes mm. Mm. and a little bit of kevin spacey but i think that's the way his mouth moves yeah i'm not so sure what you mean the the jowl not right. to be harsh on anyone, but there's a very specific <laughs> okay, jowl right. that both yeah. of them have, and that Robert Lindsay shares, mm. where it's the face of someone who can animate really beautifully, mm. but isn't animating when you're watching them. Yes, yeah, you know? fair enough. So that's interesting. Mm. I don't mind that everything he does is done with a flourish, but he's still deeply irritating. Him Watching him put the books down, oh, yeah. and being like, what are you doing? <laughs> Nothing. You were doing the impression again. You get a bit to do that in a minute. Okay. Um, there's an actual factual dinner gong. Yes. That's beautiful. She doesn't play it well, though, does she? No. She sort of misses. <laughs> oh, there you go. There's the maids running and laughing and me saying that's a quality of the place thing. Yes, um, dead right. Dead right. He could have played these scenes in silence and didn't, and I find that really interesting. Um, mm. I wonder how it would have been if we'd just been following a silent man shuffling about. Because there's no, there's no music in this at all. No. But it's not... Well, no. No, it's not really music. No. But like, but Goblin would disagree, but yes. Yes, but it's all, you know, at least 90% of it is all sort of diegetic sound of mm-hmm. things happening. There. But there's a lot of noises. It's like a sort of cursed Jack Tatty film. I don't know if you're familiar what with Jack. What is that? Jack Tatty, who did uh, Le Vacances de Monsieur Hulot. No. A French, French filmmaker who his films, or a lot of his films, are dialogueless. Uh, and sort of clowning and, and noises in, in the sort of Mr. Bean tradition. Oh, kind of okay. Yeah, it's sort, of, sort of like a sort of horrible dark mirror version of one of those. Oh, that's really disturbing. Thank <laughs> you. I would have said that it's the thing of, or it's a soundscape rather, that's designed to make you hear footsteps. Mm. When you're walking alone, like one of the first times, you, I mean, you won't remember because you're a boy, but <laughs> genuinely, I'm going to make that kind of sweeping statement because walking alone as a girl in the countryside when you're young, the first time you do it on your own, you definitely hear people behind you regardless yeah. because it's there's so many noises you're listening for. You've been told how much danger there is for you uh-huh. and you're listening for every single danger that might be there just subconsciously. And I think that's what you get when you amp up the sound so much mm-hmm. and then make it that he is also a constant bumble so yes. it's definitely worse if he's not bumbling there's something wrong sure. if he's not creepily spluttering everywhere yes. <laughs> he's horrible oh he's cute he's he's a badger he's a badger in human form yeah well he, um uh michael horton played badger in an undertaking oh, did he? in the willows in the 80s he does the voice in the cosgrove hall claymation <gasps> in the i willows. wonder if i've internalized that is, or if uh, that's just but he's perfect for i mean you know yes even if oh even weird if you haven't seen that i mean it's just that's so interesting okay he's a badger in human form <laughs> oh trippy bathroom tiles when the maid asks him if he wants her to turn down the bed yeah. for him where he sort of stands there looks a bit blank repeats it twice looks at her and then it's like his brain clicks in and he says oh yes turn down the you know yes turn yeah. down the bed this is where I, I really got the idea that he's the professor here is almost senile he's on the edge mm. of senility in the in the story in the in the the james short story he's he's not he's sharper than this mm-hmm. although sort of prim and prissy and skeptical you know so this is just like a sort of decayed version of the of the sort of fussy but much younger man of the of the story this is a deliberate hmm. move from the filmmakers to make him more wonder why sort of decrepit wonder what they felt that would help <laughs> i think it is 
the 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 reality or otherwise of the phantoms, of 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 making him oh okay a bit doolally, really so to speak. interesting or, uh, makes gives you an out if you want it if you don't ah, want these to be supernatural things that's interesting they are just bad dreams and of a madman and and, and noisy sheets and you know a, a draft somewhere moving the corner of a sheet or something like yes. that yes. Yeah. Um, you know, you said that the noises are the same. Yes. Uh, yeah, I think I, I don't know, but that's that's my that's my guess. Well, even she's weirded out by him being a big old mutterer. Yeah. I also I didn't get the senility angle in that. Sorry, words <laughs> uh, in that scene. <laughs> this episode brought to you by COVID boosters. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Tomorrow's going to be awful, isn't it? <laughs> Don't tell me, anyone. A friend of mine hallucinated that Santa was driving her back from her appointment. Oh, God. Mm-hmm. Anyway, wow. uh, <laughs> she wasn't driving. That good, yes. <laughs> I took it to mean that he overthinks everything. He's a philosopher. We've mm-hmm. all met philosophy students, haven't we? Yes. Did you hang out with them? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so when she says, do you want me to turn down the bed? He's like, is it too hot? You know, I feel like he's yes. translating it six times, yeah, being like, what it. does that really mean? And then like, oh, she's expecting a response. Yeah. Like an academic, if the worst kind, <laughs> yes. you know, where it's really hard to access them. It's the Hierophant. No, it's fair enough. Yes, absolutely. It's the Hierophant when they've gone to, like, the quote that I really like, I think it's uh, 78 Degrees of Wisdom, is... Mm-hmm. The man that talks to God struggles most to talk to people. Sure. Basically, like, <laughs> can't can't see the wood for the trees, really. So you think that rather than... I'm not sure. I well, think you're right about the out, but I also think like he's cast to be aggressively academic to the point sure. of where he's alienating literally everyone around him. Mm-hmm. Even someone who just wants to kind of play a round of golf with him is like, oh God, is this, this is slim pickings <laughs> in this hotel. If this is the guy I have to compete with, I don't think he can shut up for two minutes on the <laughs> field, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But he talks to himself constantly. Yeah, well, he's a very solitary sort of figure. It's hard to imagine it's him so having anxious, like a home life, isn't it? Yeah, totally. Um, there's no. I I was immediately like, no wife. There's no Mrs. Parkin. No, no, no. <laughs> no there's no wife. He turns down the golf, as you say. He does to go for a trudge. Going for a, a trudge. A trudge along the beach, which seems to be the, the point of his holiday, I suppose. Yeah. Yes, I will say, maybe we should have content warning warning for people with. Nope. Contentedly warned <laughs> for people ah. with misphonia that oh, this is dear. not the film for you. <laughs> yeah, fair um, enough. Yeah, because there's a lot of wet egg. Why uh, are you talking through wet egg? <laughs> oh, it gives me chills and shivers, friends. It's <laughs> the other frightening thing about this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So... I, wanted... I heard it. You were trying, weren't you? No, no, no. I was just swallowing. Okay. Um, I w- wanted to talk about his trudge because it, it is on this trudge, I believe, that he discovers <sighs> See? a coastally eroded bit of graveyard. Is that right? Let me check. Yes. Yes, you're right. With Where, over time, the land has retreated from the onslaught of the sea yes meaning that there's sort of half a grave perched on a little yes. tuft with uh bits of bones and stuff hanging out of it you know yes. as is as is uh, and i think it's interesting that he's not the least sort of squeamish about the exposed bones they'd be a lot more used to seeing them then because a lot of things were falling into the sea at that time do you know what I mean? Yeah. So anybody that lived coastally was seeing all the buildings of their sort of grandparents <laughs> fall yeah. in. Truly, things were built too close to the coast yeah, yeah. and they had no idea of erosion when they were built. Yeah, is, so, it, is it Dunwich? I think it's Dunwich on, on the coast. Oh, that disappeared. That, that, yeah, there was a was yeah. a thriving medieval town and now there's now left of it. Yeah, because, I think it yeah. would have been a real common thing, graves particularly common yes. thing to see bones sticking out and also he's a professor of sorts mm. we're not really sure what he's a professor in he says philosophy but it could be he's there to study yeah no he's clearly i think what it's showing you is that he's got no truck for the paranormal you know he's not worried well, about no, i i agree with that but i think i think there's more to it than that i think he's gone for a trudge to find interesting things sure and the yes. bones count yeah <laughs> 
Yeah. You know? Yeah, and then when he finds a sort of strange cylinder, he's like, oh, finder's keepers, you won't be needing this, you're finders dead. Finder's keeper, but he yeah. says it out loud, that's yes. what I mean. He's doing the forager thing of like, <laughs> I'll take this, sorry, you know, yeah. like things that you don't realise you're talking to the folk yes. that are around. Yeah. Um, I wanted to backtrack ever so of slightly. Course. So, his trudging outfit on the beach is literally to die for. It's incredible. <laughs> Um, I love that you managed to find something to talk about with the fashion, even when it's just an old man dressed in like plus fours and fingerless mitts. Incredible outfit, don't you think? <laughs> it's great. I mean, it's so beautiful. I put that it's Edwardian styling, and it, mm. but it's like culottes almost. Mm. Those, what did you call them? Plus fours. Plus fours. Oh yes, it is. Your, isn't you'd it? be your sort of golfing. Uh, yes, he's thing. dressed in golf attire, but he doesn't golf, so I didn't no, have it uh, as a golfing outfit. No, but yeah. Yeah, yeah but it's... he's got these kind of man stockings, which I really feel like we could bring back, and people would love now. <laughs> Twenty two is going to be the year of worsted hose. Please, worsted hose, please. If that's not the title of the episode, <laughs> I'll eat my worsted hose. Um, I can imagine them being a, a hefty mustard yellow. Oh, lovely! Yeah. He's got beautiful brogues on for walking and trudging in the beach mm-hmm. and on the cliffs. What are you doing? A stick he clearly doesn't need, which I'm always a fan of, and yeah, I will have just one. For, just for poking at things, isn't it? Yeah, I'm gonna have one when I turn forty. That's like my gift to myself. Lovely. If I make it that far, is a stick just for poking. Um, there's there's the flat cap, which is an interesting touch because that's very much a workman. It's very much not the academic attire. No. The rest of it is is is. Uh, rich man goes golfing or wealthy man goes butterfly catching yeah but the flat cap is i come from a northern household yeah it is a little bit it's a little bit sort of going shooting as well you know mm. there is there is an element of the rich man in the countryside to it although, definitely with the satchel but it but it, it the thing is it's just a little bit more shabby than that which yeah. gives you the sort of working man yeah definitely vibe to it, I, think. I really love it and i feel like it's showing that he came prepared but also that <laughs> that he's just sort of so not aware of his surroundings that his idea of like dressing up to go trudging is just dressing up to go outside yeah. do you yes. know what I mean like yeah. wearing clothes rather than <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've prepared for weather yeah. it's he on a rainy beach as, he doesn't strike me as a very practical man no not really which is interesting because he's so gun like literally gun ho he's just like yeah we're just going to do this there's a shot of him looking very tiny in the tall nettles that is absolutely beautiful that you skip right over. Oh, it's like he's lost in it. It looks like a portal. It's really, sure. really good. The cliff is gorgeous and it's so morbid to pull at the eroded bones like that. He's really just tugging things mm. around and then he really is trudging, I say. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> he's gone for a trudge and that's what he's done. Yes, Finders Keepers is not really a good rule for a cursed pipe but um, <laughs> well, I said he's glib and, and that's his downfall yeah right? definitely and yeah. then there's the figure behind him sort of on the beach and with the low sun oh yeah so you spotted this that wasn't sure if I'm not sure if it's there yet. but it's in the exact position of where we see the figure the first time so I think it's a deliberate shadow play thing where you're like can I see something just subconscious it's certainly plausible mm, yes very nice yeah. the low sun is so incredible it's so beautiful with that big and actually yeah just as we flash away from him it is actually next to him on the beach the bit you're thinking of is when there's a long shot right but then when he's walking towards the camera and he's got he's like trudging towards the camera and there's the big sun in the corner of the screen the figure's directly behind him and motionless which is absolutely terrifying (laughs) frankly frankly it's horrible give me chills again anyway Hmm. uh Oh, yes, the satisfying paper sound. Mm. Oh, yes. Well, it's just another thing about all of the sort of Foley, all of the incidental yeah. sound being very high in the mix. Yeah, they were working hard, that Foley team, mm. working hard for the money. <laughs> but yes, having liberated a sort of cursed cylinder from a grave on the beach, <laughs> he takes it home and, and, and approaches it as an academic problem. Yes. You know? So what is this? Um and yes, takes a takes a rubbing of the yep. inscription. What does it say? Who is it? Who is coming? Yes, in in Latin, but I can't. Yes. My Latin isn't going to quiz no, no, no. air out something. But yes, he translates it as he goes. Yep. Um, and then me saying, "Don't blow on that, no, no. fool!" <laughs> and then rat a tat at the window, and you deserve this. Apparently, I was in a vengeful mood. Um, 
Well, he says that the way to this. you know the way to find out is to is to blow it right, and he sort of plays a very mournful note. Yeah. On this clearly cursed object, and then looks into the distance like he's felt something, and then ignores it completely because that's yeah. Stupid. Well, it can't be, can't be, you know. It can't be feeling anything. Can't yeah. be feeling anything. Well, I mean, certainly nothing. You know, certainly it doesn't make any sense that blowing on this thing would have any effect. No, true. Mm. Um, you poop. <laughs> I'm just speaking. Not as you, a... him, poop, <laughs> Captain Poop. Um. Okay. Stop eating and talking. I would haunt you to make you stop that. <laughs> and then I said, Daniel Day-Lewis is being very patient with him. So this is, this is the wonderful <laughs> conversation the next morning between the military fellow and a professor about ghosts. Yep. Yes. Well, I love this. Why? It's probably, it's certainly his most sustained monologue through the entire thing. Right. It's important that we have, he's in full sort of university common room flow. Mm. You know, there's certainly no, it's, it's not not so much a conversation. It's more a lecture mm-hmm. or a seminar. You know, uh, and it's just it's just nice with the idea that it's what do you what is meant by ghosts? Is, is it yes? What if you yes? Can do an impression in now. It's time. Australia. It's perfectly clear as to what you mean by Australia. But um, but can one be said to have survived death? Can one? No. No. Can you do more laughing with wet egg in your mouth? <laughs> um, no, no. You can't enjoy yeah, it. You have of... to be moaning about it. Mm. Uh, so, whereas, except, can one be... Excellent breakfast. Sort of, can one be hurt by death? No, again. So, here, there's a clear difference of, um, of usage. Yeah. So, he's quite animated. Right? Yes. And this idea of like, is that, that can one be said to survive death? What survives death? What does it mean to survive death? What are we talking about? Is the crux of the whole thing. Yeah. Right? Um, although, crucially, he's uh, treating with these things as if they were of academic interest only. And not about to intrude into his very physical existence. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, it's a it's a philosophical question, a philosophical problem, as opposed to something that is going to have very real consequences yes. for him in the coming hours and yeah, days. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. And it's a it's a great bit of bit of business from him as well, sort of con- constantly fiddling with his breakfast while told him I didn't like tomatoes. Giving this uh, <laughs> giving this monologue to a a, a, bored, a, a man. bored man. Who then takes refuge in that Shakespeare quote, right? More things in heaven and earth than yeah. a up in your philosophy. And Parkin's very pleased with himself when he's able to uh, subvert it and right. say that. Uh, yeah. Ah, 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 ah. <laughs> I prefer it the other way. Uh, there are more and then things. repeats it to himself later like a lunatic. Well, yes, like you do when you think, oh, I, I really got one over on him there. Yes. <laughs> do you? No, I did, well, I did well, yes. Yes. <laughs> Mutter it to yourself and then chuckle. Yeah. Wow. Mm. So. Yes, still <laughs> sitting having a sandwich. He reflects on his breakfast zinger, I've said lately. Yes, he is picnicking right with that sandwich and beer combo, though. Yeah. I don't know why I don't take a small beer with me on more walks. What have I been doing? Well, that, you know, it's it's coming up to the new year. Oh, this I is know. The time for my resolution resolutions. is more alcohol <laughs> on my walks. But what a lovely thing to just be like, I'm going to have this white sandwich. It's white sandwiches again. Yeah. <laughs> You owe me a white sandwich. You've done this. <laughs> Who else was eating them the other day? I don't know. Do the Gremlins people, yes. Ah. All the people in Gremlins had white sandwiches. White sandwich as well. We can. This is next. 2022 is going to be the year of white sandwiches and beer. <laughs> the year that I just eat worse. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But do more walks. Um, Speaking of eating. What? You'd, we'd talked about. You, we'd, is now a good time to talk about the fact that he's always eating? Yeah, go for it. Because I, I, you rather exasperatedly sat there going, why are you always eating? <laughs> yes, and, and, and you had a nice theory, I have a theory yes. about this, right, which is that it emphasises his earthbound nature, mm. right? Food is a pleasure of the flesh. Mm-hmm. And Mr. Parkin is not a spiritual man. No. Or at least he doesn't think of himself as such. He doesn't believe in spiritualism. Mm-hmm. You know? So his... Constant nourishment of the body yeah. is a reminder that uh, that's it for him. I think you know. Right. I, 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 he did, certainly, his little mini seminar on ghosts in the morning 
suggests that he is not a believer in the hereafter or yes. you know the survival of human personality beyond death whereas my interpretation of it was more the dickensian you might be a piece of undigested cheese a lump Lovely. of bread you yes. know so that we're watching him eat all this stuff and we're like indigestion does funny things to you man you're going to have the weirdest dreams <laughs> <laughs> yeah and then lo and behold he's having crazy things maybe it's another out like the like him being senile and then eating a lot and then maybe tiring himself out with all the walking like we're meant to be definitely making yeah. the same excuses he would have you read it the yes i have does he make reference to the eating in that not that i recall not as much but then the the short story is much more much less ambiguously a haunting ah that makes okay sense. yes because well i'll talk about the end of the story yeah, which yeah. is what i remember sticks in my mind and when we get to the end yes. of the play yes, but yes. um but yes it's a play sorry the, the television oh sorry yeah the television play as as distinct from a film but yes, whatever yes. we call this oh Possibly yeah sandwich clearly the wet egg oh yeah and then i had a moment where i was like why is michael horton in such good shape <laughs> clearly the wet egg and ramble lifestyle is the next thing to hit goop right yeah well you know? i mean you said that's... this was what we wanted to get in on this yeah so. <laughs> uh, the sound of the other duvet moving is just the worst thing mm. it's such an unmistakable sound you know if you hear scratching i mean if you're me you freak out turn all the lights on and immediately leave the vicinity but you probably think that could be mice a bird somewhere yeah um something stuck or like a cat anything but if it's the other duvet moving there's really only so many things it can be oh yes and it's oh, awful yes. and it feels like it's kind of tossing and turning but as i say i think it's the same sound of them making making the bed, the bed. yes yes or really similar and and again the sound design because we've only had diegetic sense we've only had the sound of things that are really happening there's been no sort of yeah. music i know occasionally i think i think before this point we've had sort of overlaid lines of dialogue that yes. he's thinking about yeah but it's his own thoughts but it's and his, his own, own voice exactly again. but apart from that everything that we hear is things that are happening which means yeah. that when we hear spooky sounds it, it really primes us to think like that there's something wrong something wrong something's yeah. going on this is not just for effect yeah um there's something happening. it could be anything but also clearly nothing else is what i've put yeah yeah yeah, that's fair. The running dream messes me up real hard. Now again, this is the thing with the the, the sort of radiophonic oh. pulsing pulsing static, I oh, think you would call really it horrible. or something. Yeah. It's like the noise of the sea because we had the noise of the sea before when he was there yeah. and it's like that but but gone wrong. Yeah. 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 And the we'll come to what I think the noises are later, mm. but there's this kind of holler, like a hollow shout. Yeah, that's happening as his heartbeat goes. Yeah, uh, that's too much. It's really, it's it's really horrible, and, it, and he's panicking in the dream as well. We've only seen him be like bumbly, extremely sedate, yeah. and uh, sure of himself. You know, in the breakfast scene, he's showing off a little bit. The um, half awake sensation is really well illustrated as mm. well, and him running out of the fog in the very first scene oh, of yeah. it is just beautiful. It's shot on a sort of slightly degraded film stock yeah. as well, so it. it which again is sort of that the dream sequence nightmare and reality thing. Yeah, I put how have they made her those horrendous noises? But I think I figured it out. To tell, I don't. I haven't. I'll I don't tell know. At the end. Oh yes, fair enough. Of course. Yeah, but yes, it's it's a very short sequence, but it's really. Oh, I mean, yeah, I'm thinking about it now. I'm getting yes shivers. I, that's what I said. It genuinely gives you chills. They've tapped into something really dark. And it feels accidental. Mm. It doesn't feel like some. It's ma it doesn't feel like it's made by somebody that set out to frighten people. It feels like it's made by somebody that set out to adapt a story. Yeah. That is frightening. Yes. And that they made this thing, and then they were like, "Uh oh." <laughs> <laughs> I've <laughs> never seen anything freaky. quite like it no, with this. No, me neither. Like, and we are extremely sparing of showing the thing chasing him as well. We get a lot of shots of his frightened oh, face yeah. and of him running away from something over his shoulder. Yeah. Yeah, which is, I don't know, it's just, it's built from very little and yeah. you can see all the pieces, but it's still, it still is, is, is upsetting. Yeah. And in the morning after breakfast, I think this is interesting because he's confronted with an illogical thing. Yes. When the bed is all rumpled, that he mm -hmm. can't, 
explain, which is an unusual... It strikes me as probably an unusual occurrence for yes. Professor Parkin. I yes. Do you have any thoughts on that? Um, just that he is clearly annoyed by what's happened. Yeah. It's clearly frustrating. He hasn't slept well. He takes it out on the tomato. He's <laughs> grumpy and we've not seen him have any emotion yet. Mm. Um, we've seen him passionate about stuff, but not really. Like, he's still weird. No, oh, I know, yeah. Uh, and because we saw him so frightened, and there's nearly a figure behind him when he's reading as well in bed. Hmm. You know, like, it's really... Uh, he just looks knackered. He looks knackered and trying to decode what happens and the fact that he can't is irritating rather than disturbing. Yes. He can He can explain everything in thoughts and can't do this. Yeah, no, you can see him standing there looking at the bed and, and going, it certainly yeah. is rumpled. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yes, it is rumpled. rumpled. Yeah. <laughs> uh, who is this who is coming comes out into his head and then he sort of dismisses it like that's that's horrible. Yeah, so it <laughs> can't be that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Uh, and then we're back to sleep the, ne- the next night and the noise is clearly the sound of tossing and turning in bed, mm-hmm. which is awful. It's awful. Mm. But again, the fact that it sounds like tossing and turning could mean that he's asleep the whole time, tossing and turning and hearing himself in sleep apnea, sure. which is kind of amazing as well. Yeah. So we could be blending sleep apnea with, uh, well, we could be experiencing sleep apnea but being shown his perspective and the external at the same time. Yes, yeah, and uh, he's, um, he's he's not slept well, so he's very tired. He's yes. eaten lots and lots of f- rich food. Yep. Yes. All but guess things. what? Mm. It's Haunted Picture Palace. I'm probably going to tell you it's a ghost. Well, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I don't know if it's my imagination or sort of at this point, sort of towards the end of the film here, yeah. whether he looks sort of more frightened as well as distracted. Oh, or definitely. whether I'm just reading it into him. No, he looks but, he looks annoyed is what I got because he's like... I feel like so that's bewildered the... rather than frightened, but just a little bit sort of put out and sort of not quite sure what's going on. And... Yeah, but I think that's what I'm getting from it with the... When people get annoyed because they're scared... Mm. I do it. If someone makes me jump, I hit. Is my is my go-to <laughs> yes. of like no. It gets me really angry because it's my initial fear response is always rage. <laughs> right. Watch yes. out for that. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. And then it kind of sounds like it could be someone being smothered by a pillow as well, and then someone else clawing from under the duvet. It's really horrible. And then his fear sounds are just the most distressing thing yeah. ever. And, uh, and you see, you see it moving. The, yes, the... you see the other bit, the other bed sheet, uh, moving, Ooh. which is. A, I I always think as well that his fear sounds as horrible, and, and the sucking of the thumb is particularly. Oh, it's so nasty because it really just infantilizes yes, him. Yes, yeah, and it, yeah, and I I always think that his fear sounds feel like a, a strange echo of the noises in the dream. Well, that's what I was going to say. Oh, I, sorry. I think that the. The fear sound. I think that the sounds of the beast thing mm-hmm. are his fear sounds turned right, right slow. Yeah, I think they're just the same things he's doing, and I think it's the same slowness. Like when you're running in a dream and you can't run fast enough. Yeah, I think that's what they've done. They've done that with the vocals to make it so that it's a noise right. he's making, so that it could all be him. That would make sense, but it's just so uh, oh, unnerving and, yeah. and horrible. Really nasty, and the guy coming in. And he, Michael Horden, just say, "Oh no, oh, oh, oh no, oh no, oh no." Yeah, <laughs> is is I find that much more terrifying. The sucking thumb, um, is frightening, but it's much more. It, I can see why it would be something that would get to you more. Yeah, I don't know. It just it does definitely. Yes, but mainly because I think if you saw the supernatural stuff I'd seen, it would have done that to you long ago. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I think yes. you would have cracked a long time ago, because it's just not your wheel. Mm. <laughs> not your house <laughs> I will say as well the the man that comes in the golfing buddy not buddy mm-hmm. comes in and just sort of starts going there now you know yes you know. Oh, we'll just mm, they can't they can't connect at all no just, he's clearly horrible. in distress and it's it's much worse to have a prim and proper man there when you've been sucking your thumb and seeing a duvet dance yes. you know like yes but that character we didn't even talk about it the character on the beach that comes up to him that is a duvet yeah. is just... And I, and I think it is just like a sheet on it some is. wires. It is, we looked it up before. something <sighs> about the way it moves. It's partly the ghosts of Christmas yet to come. Yeah. It's partly 
inanimate object that you see in the dark that you think is a figure. Mm-hmm. And it's partly that it is uh, something that shouldn't be able to touch you but is solid, which is ghost. Yeah. You know, yeah. something and that it, shouldn't be able to be seen. And the sort of shape that it makes is just suggestive enough of a human oh. figure. Yeah, you know it couldn't have always, been taken by the wind. You yeah. know how you're always looking for that. Was it pareidolia? Yeah, yeah. well, that's the patterns in things that aren't there kind oh, of okay. thing. But yes, absolutely, that mm. thing of like the, the evolutionary We look for drive, faces, for looking yeah. for faces, for looking for human forms. And it, and it isn't a human form, no. but it is Awful. horribly suggestive <laughs> of one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Don't think about it before bed. Maybe listen, hopefully you've listened to this one not to go to sleep to. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, we've covered some horrible things in on this pod and yeah. some frightening things on this pod, but very few things that get me like that. No. <sighs> yes, from what I recall in the story, it ends when somebody else comes in the room and like switches on a light, opens a curtain, or whatever, and then he realizes that it's just that it's just just sheet, and yeah. he says, "Oh, it was, it was its only power was to frighten. It was a it was an apparition." Okay. Um, and and seeing it. Seeing it now, dead, I see that it did not mean me any. It could not do me any harm, but it oh, was just interesting. Just uh, yeah, it, it was just its only power was to frighten, and that it did very very well. All oh, right, which it's not as good. No, <laughs> <laughs> not as good at all. And then to just cut there as well, just cut looking at his face and be like, end, ha ha ha. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Well, he didn't. He he, like a lot of. M.R. James, the protagonist. Yeah, he didn't pay sufficient respect mm. to things he did not understand. Can you name any more of the famous M.R. James ones? Do you remember the one? Uh, what was it called? The Treasure of Abbot Thomas. <gasps> that we Hate. watched the adaptation of. That's one of his as well. The Treasure of Abbot Thomas messed me up for a good three days. It's another. Uh, an- well, that was one. Of, that was another one that was adapted later in the seventies, sort of after this. Uh, but that's another Emma James uh, short story. There's one called the Mezzotint. 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 Okay. In which an, an engraving appears to change every time someone looks at it. Nice. Ways that he's seeing something awful play out in it. Oh, that's um, a beautiful idea. Marvelous. But again, there's a lot of sort of fusty academics in these things who just don't say, well, this can't, this isn't logical, this can't be happening. Yeah, I've just bought a selection of ghost stories from um, Argonaut Books in Leith. Yes, the excellent um, Argonaut Books. Excellent Argonaut Books, and that's M.R. James. I think I've, I bought three books and in two of them are, are M.R. James oh, stories, well, so a, I might get on it. Yeah, you've got a, a treat ahead of you there. Yeah. yeah. As you say, it then cuts away, you know? We are given yeah. no... There is no sugaring of this pill. No. It's just like, well, that's it. Now that's it. He's cracked. He's he's broken. Yeah, we've done it. <laughs> uh, that's the revenge. Whistle, whistle. And we're away. It was. Uh, it was remade, or at least no, it wasn't. They did another. They've done an adaptation. Yeah, another one uh, mm. about ten years ago now. Is it a remake of this, or is it a make of the story, or haven't you seen it? It is well. I have seen it. Oh. It is another adaptation of the story, but also not really. Oh. It suggests that the thing... Spoilers for the 2010 yeah. one. It suggests that the thing that is haunting Mr. Parkin is his... His past? His wife who has dementia. Oh, brilliant. I don't mind it. No. I don't mind like it. I think... The problem, the problem was... It sounds like they've watched that and assumed... They've watched what we just watched. Yeah. And assumed that that's him being haunted by his own dementia, and then they're like, "Let's make it the wife." Yeah, and it it's pl- you could know be. could be it's plausible, but the thing is, it's not really an adaptation of the James short story. This is somebody else's. They put mm-hmm. that in, which is, that's fine, but it's like they've also adapted this, which is a a yeah. real like masterpiece. Yeah, and, don't touch it. And so, it just made me want to watch this again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Uh, it's it's not a bad thing by any means, but it's not. It doesn't feel very Emma Jamesy because it isn't. You know, right. it, uh, it isn't. It it is not an adaptation of a Edwardian ghost story. It's it's a it's another thing piggybacking onto that. Interesting. Hmm. But I would say mm. that it feels like a Victorian adaptation of an Edwardian ghost story. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Because in some ways it's very 1960s. Oh, do you think? Oh, no. Just in the um, sort of austere... Because don't forget, Jonathan Miller was a, a young, up-and-coming, bright young thing. Trendy. That makes us trendy director. sort of... Yeah. Interesting. Okay, fair uh, enough. You know, he went on to be a, a grandee. You know, he was involved in the... Um, BBC Shakespeare adaptations of the late seventies, early eighties. I just don't but think it looks 60s, very. Six, I don't think it looks very sixty-eight. I think you could have told me that was from the fifties, and I would have believed you. And you could have told me that it was from earlier than that, and I mm-hmm. might have believed you, even though the film quality would be too good. Yeah. <laughs> and you could tell me actually that it was an eighties thing, and I wouldn't believe Finch either. I yeah. think I think it's the sparseness of it that uh, that mm. marks it out for me. Fair I feel enough. like I feel like earlier or later ones would have been more wordy. They would have added a love interest, actually. Yeah. <laughs> they would have found a way. Oh, wait, 2010. <laughs> you did, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, but as I said, I watch it every year for Christmas, and maybe you will too now. Yeah, do it. And if, yes, if you got to the end and you haven't seen it, I haven't really spoilt it because it gets me. It got me this time. Oh no, it's awful! It gets me every time. Yeah, even though I know nightmare. what's coming. It's a horrible, horrible nightmare. Merry Christmas! Merry Christmas! Have a horrible nightmare. <laughs> In a few weeks' time, we will be back with you, and doing. Well, in loving memory of Anne Rice, for all the fans listening, uh, we're going to be doing interview with a vampire. Uh, from 1994. 1994. Yeah, yes. you know, Brad Pitt, Tom Cruise, baby Kirsten Dunst. And I was going to do an impression, but uh, I think I'll leave it with May Wings of Devils Lead You to Your Rest. Oh. Yes. Hordes of Devils. <laughs> no, lies. May Flights of Devils Wing You to Your Rest. Ah, right. Thank yes. you. Like Flights of Angels. Yes. Because they're bad. Cause they're yes, because like they're baddies. They're baddies. Yeah. <sighs> Hordes of it might be hordes. Pause. I'm gonna to have to look it up. It's gonna bother me that I just tried to quote a film I've not seen in years and I was wrong. All I will say then is good night, sweet prince. May flights of devils wing you to your rest. That's my one quote. Beautiful. Thanks. <laughs> Do you want to say goodbye to the people? I will say goodbye to the people. If you have enjoyed this, or if you have not enjoyed it, or you want to tell us about anything, perhaps you named your cat after a character in it or something, Aww. please drop us an email. Uh, hauntedpicturepalace at gmail.com Oh my god, I did that! Yeah, I named my cat after a character in it. I have uh, a cat called Lestat. Uh, I just didn't get the reference because <laughs> my brain is maternal now. <laughs> Go on. Uh, you can follow us on the social medias. Uh, we're on Instagram at Haunted Picture Palace. Haunted underscore picture underscore palace. Thank you, it's yeah. It's only been 30-something 30 30 episodes. episodes well, yeah. I'm also, I've also got the vaccine I know, brain. but you're not telling anyone about it, are you? And we're on Twitter at HPPpod. There we go. You can email us as well if you want. I've done that. Have you? Yes. Fuck. <laughs> Did that just at the beginning. Go on oh, it's time for us to go, isn't yeah, it? Bye. Yeah. Let's go and have a lovely time. Bye now. Bye.